We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Deus, at The Lamb Show is where you can find me, my guest, on this lovely, absolutely splendid Monday. A lot earlier than we usually are, but the dude never says no. Taryn, what up, baby? <laughs> What's going on, man? Hey, the early bird gets the worm, right? Yeah, man. And, you know, you being from... uh the middle of the country it's a little bit earlier for you than it is for me so i appreciate it hey yeah you know whenever i gotta show up i show up all right it's one of the, it's one of the the positives of of my game you know what i'm saying very very versatile very available very uh doesn't say no that's why i pay him extra spoiler don't pay him <laughs> not yet one day hopefully we get some money swinging back okay we have a lot to discuss a lot of great talking points. Um, I want to start off by saying I think the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you want to talk about creative ways of losing. You want to talk about unique ways of losing. You want to talk about craziness. I mean, is it not this season for the Atlanta Falcons, Taryn? 
Dude, it is crazy. Every single week, I think that there's no way that they can top whatever way they bungled the last game, and they figure it out. Where do you stand with the end-of-game situation between Gurley and scoring when he should have? He sort of did the Ahmad Bradshaw in the Super Bowl. Do you remember that play against the Patriots? Yeah. Where, I, dude, I remember being at that Super Bowl and I was in the end zone looking down at him running towards us. Fire, And I remember when he's going to score, I'm fucked up, bro. I drank <laughs> so much that day, dude. So I was, I was 20, right? 2000, that was 2012. I was 20, turning 21 the next month, right? My birthday is March 11th. The Super Bowl was February 5th. Um, arguably, uh, I, I think it's the best day of my life, honestly. Like, that one meant – that Super Bowl meant more to me than the one that they won and, and ended the streak for the Patriots because I was older and I understood it a lot more. Yeah. I, I lived through the Deshaun Jackson punt return the year before, right, where the Giants had a really good team in 2010. A lot of people forget that year in 2010 – Taryn, they went they went 10 and 6 and didn't make the playoffs. And then the year after they go 9 and 7 and win the Super Bowl. Anyway, for those that don't know what I'm talking about or if you forgot, it's fourth down and it's like close to 2 minutes or under 2 minutes and the Patriots literally just like part the red sea and they let Ahmad Bradshaw score and then if you go back and watch that video, Eli's yelling at him, "Don't score, don't score." And he kind of just like He's running, and the goal line is right here, and he sort of goes to stop in his tracks, and then he, like, has his ass to the goal line and is back to the goal line, and it looks like he squats down and then just, like, tumbles over into the end zone. <laughs> I just remember saying to myself, oh, fuck, man. Now, now, uh, now it happens. Brady gets the ball back and whatnot. But Gurley had something very similar. Obviously not the Super Bowl. This is a week seven game. But Atlanta coming off a win. How do you back to my initial question? How do you feel about that and the game situation there? He shouldn't have scored. I actually have a, a pretty unique perspective on this, um, depending on who remembers being a Packer fan, because in 2018, the Packers played the Rams in the regular season. And I thought it was hilarious because it was the exact same situation and Todd Gurley free run to the end zone drops down at the, at the one yard line to not score, to not let Aaron Rodgers go walk down the field and, and win the game for them. So, you know, he knows that like he's aware, but once you put on that Falcons Jersey, man, it just don't matter anymore. So yeah, I mean, he shouldn't have scored and he's done it before. So I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Dude, I remember that. They were playing in the Coliseum. Mm -hmm. They were playing in L.A., and that was the Super Bowl year for the Rams. <clears throat> wow, yeah. Yeah, that, it's, it's funny, right? Like, this guy has been in that situation before. You would expect him to know better. But I'm of the believer that it's a lot easier to play woulda, coulda, shoulda after the fact. And I always say this thing too, Taryn, how – it's so much easier for you to talk about something when you're not involved in it, no matter what it is, right? Like, yo, I'll give you a million dollars to eat 
cow cum. <laughs> You're gonna be like, nah, bro, I would never do that. Fuck that. But then like if I was to just flash fifty thousand dollars in front of you in a suitcase <laughs> and it's like literally right there in front of you, I think there is something in your mind gets triggered. And I want to talk to a psychologist one day just to like kind of see if this makes any sense because to me it makes sense it's like well fuck yo there's fifty thousand dollars there i know that shit is nasty but it's it's right there i could i could smell it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. the money that is the other thing yeah. so i don't know bro if you're if you're girly there i guess that's where like i know i'm gonna jump around a little bit and i want to definitely make this a talking point this particular game but that's what makes like larry fitzgerald so special and why i think he's still playing, even though I feel as if Andy Isabella should be in that role and the offense would look a lot better if he's playing more snaps than Larry Fitzgerald. But you look at the end of halves, you look at the end of the game yesterday, guys are catching eight-yard passes and Fitzgerald's the first one over there to pick him up, get the ball, and give it to the referee. And, or like he's going over there and he's putting it down. So that like those are high football IQ kind of plays, which – Gurley's like, he's not a rookie, bro. He should be able to be more self-aware in that game situation. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's a lot of little things come with, with the experience and playing the game. And, yeah, it's just it, – it's still just weird to me seeing – having seen him do the exact same thing before. Uh, I don't know if it has something to do with the whole – like he's not, you know, maybe playing at the same level. So – in his mind, maybe it's harder to focus on those little, you know, minutia details. And it's more like, I just need to, you know, run the ball as hard and the best as I can and try to score every single play. Because uh, in back when the last time he did it, it was like he was lighting the world on fire. So it's, it's whatever. Uh, I don't know. Sucks for the Falcons, I guess, depending on your perspective. It could be good for them, too, maybe that they – you know, we'll have a better draft pick since the season's going nowhere, but it'll be interesting to see going forward. Isn't it fascinating that both of these teams should be a lot better than what their record is? Like Detroit is three and three. You can make a strong case that it should be. Honestly, I know this is going to sound crazy. Their only loss should have been to you and the Packers. You yeah. like you're part of the team, but I, I'm of a believer where like I say, I say me, and I say us when I talk yeah, about Yeah, I'm like, we, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a we thing, you know? Like, yes, the way I feel on Sunday on my recliner, eight beers in, is exactly <laughs> how the players feel. And there's a weird juju that I could put on the team to turn it around. Thanks. So, dude, up, what, three scores in the fourth quarter against the Bears week one? Up 14 nothing with the ball against the Saints with no Michael Thomas? And... You end up blowing those games, and also like what four plays away for the Falcons being four and three, five and two, and it just goes to show you why I can't emphasize enough record in one score games. It just flip flops, man. Like maybe those bounces go in favor of Atlanta, and they're six and one. Yeah, but it's really crazy to look at with these teams, especially because like you talk about one score games a lot because of how important they are. And I don't think a lot of people realize that, but these two teams in particular, it's like one play games, let alone one score games. So their whole, both of their records could be completely flipped just based off of one play. It's, it's kind of wild. 
it's really ridiculous, man. It's really ridiculous. And, and you look at just those two coaches. I know Raheem Morris is there now for Atlanta, but it's just two guys that historically they just would – weird shit would happen in their games, man. It seems like Dan Quinn, even though he shouldn't have, if they were to just let go of him after that Super Bowl, right? Like you're not going to fire a coach that went to the Super Bowl. But it just seems like everything since then has been really just head-scratching and just – just unfortunate you know I'm, I'm having Allen on real soon and god knows how many oh, man. of these games are they gonna miss i just text him and he goes dude please i have to tweet about them for for my job i can't do this with you <laughs> I was like bro i didn't even make fun of you yet i was not gonna do that man i know yo when they lost the super bowl to the patriots we were all out at a bar and he gave like a bunch of us falcons jerseys and the look on his face when it went to overtime it was equivalent to you seeing uh, a, a car wreck that like involved family members, your, your, your dog <laughs> dying in front of you. Like we're laughing, but dude, his face is just like ma- mouth open, like undertaker's streak at WrestleMania descended and you're that black dude in the front seat that went viral. Like, like that, bro. And I just remember I didn't say nothing to him. I text him like three days later. I'm like, bro, he's like, I- I'll never get over that. I was like, yeah, probably not. I'm not surprised. I until, can't even until, imagine. Yeah, until they win a Super Bowl, you're never going to get over that. No. Um, all right, let's, let's move on to a guy in a team that knows a lot about Super Bowls. One is going in one direction. The other is going in another direction. And Taryn, it seems like, Early on, if this was a if the, if this is a nine no a twelve round boxing fight, it seemed like Belichick and the Patriots were up maybe three rounds to none against Brady and the Bucks. The Brady Belichick divorce. Maybe it was a, a a nice divorce where you know you don't wish bad on your plus one. You're kind of just like yo, you know what? It was just time mutual mutual disagreements and mutual just departure but the last couple of weeks bro and you know hate to bring up bad memories though you guys bounce back but that packer beat down two weeks ago it's starting to flip a little bit it's starting to flip a little bit brady again accounts for five touchdowns i believe that's the second time this season that he accounts for five touchdowns whether it's throwing five or rushing one and throwing for four Tarrant, the big talking point through the first month of the NFL season was how the hell did Cam Newton not get signed, right? How the hell did all these teams pass up on Cam Newton? I have a lot of talking points and a lot of questions with this one, and I want to start it off with this. Maybe this is why Cam Newton wasn't signed all this time? Thoughts? Yeah, I, my thoughts are that you're probably right. I uh, was one of the guys – I did that that classic mistake. I still do this every once in a while where it's like I'll give up on something I believe in a little too quickly. You know, I was actually saying all offseason, like, he's not signed because, like, he's just not the same Cam Newton anymore. And it's he's not going to make that big of a difference as everyone's thinking. You know, everyone's picturing the Superman MVP Panthers Cam Newton – and I just didn't think we were going to see that. 
And I think I, like a lot of people, got bamboozled by early in the season, you know, the Patriots whipping out some things that maybe teams weren't ready for um, to cover up a lot of the other issues on that offense and utilize him in a way that he can be valuable. Made it look like he was a lot better than he is. He still kind of looks just like the Cam Newton that, you know, if you run him, you can get some value there, but then you need a lot of offensive help around him to make use in the passing game because he's just he's just not a great passer. And when you combine that with the lack of weapons that the, the Patriots have, it's it's going to start to be quiet again, just like it was last year. I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, pretty much all of what you said there, if I had to correct myself. You're right that they might have the slowest offense in the league. Um, like, hell, even like Jamison Crowder and Brandon Berrios look fast out there. I, I know the, the team is bad in, in New York with the Jets, but at least there you got some speed, right? Brashard Perriman can go over the top on people. Mm-hmm. You look at this offense for New England and – Edelman is 34, and he looks every bit of it. A lot of wear and tear on his body. He's two years removed from a torn ACL, right? Like, well, three years removed. He didn't play in that Eagles Super Bowl, and then he comes back in 2018, Super Bowl MVP. Your boy said that at 25 to 1. You're all welcome if you bet that. (laughs) Um, But Damir Bird... Uh, Nikhil Harry, who, man, you look at some of the wide receivers in the last two years that have come out and even in last year's class, and it's just, it's probably the biggest black eye on Belichick's career is that they can't seem to draft a wide receiver ever, like anywhere. You look at Pittsburgh, they're drafting wide receivers fifth, sixth round, second round. Uh, shit, even first round wide receivers, they're like hitting on all of them. Like, it's just ridiculous. And then on the flip side, Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. Like, not even – it's not even close. And yet, they can't seem to get a wide receiver ever. They have to get, you know, a, a Wes Welker from one team. They got to get Randy Moss. They got to get all these guys that they bring in to be successful and to have a good team. I think the only defense you can give to Cam Newton, and it seems like he's declining every week, three interceptions yesterday – all but one of them, I guess. There was one that he threw to uh, Fred Werner, Warner, Fred Warner, who, uh, if, you, if you guys aren't really familiar with Fred Warner, he's a dude who last, like, two seasons has been a flat-out baller. And I think he's the most – he might not be the best player on their defense, but I think he's the most underrated and underappreciated. But when you watch him, he's just like, yo, this guy's always around the ball. He, he sort of reminds me of Bobby Wagner in the extent where, like, early, early Seahawks Legion of Boom seemed like Bobby Wagner was a player that was just always by the ball and just always made plays. But it was always, like, Sherman, Cam, Cliff Averill, uh, 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 Earl Thomas, right? Like, even, like, uh, um, fuck, who was the other corner? Who was that other corner on that LOB team? The one that ended up winning the Super Bowl, and then he signed like a big contract with the Dolphins. Um, I always, I always forget him too because right away, like you said, it's it's Sherman and like Cam Chancellor, and then that come to my na- come to come to mind. 
I'm pulling it up right God, now. You had to do this to me early. Yeah, good, because otherwise it's going to bug me all day It's going to bug me too, so I definitely <laughs> need to, to look at it. Oh, my God. Brandon Browner, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. Remember, he was like the first of his kind, like 6'3", fucking 250 play oh, yeah. corner. But, yeah, dude, you look at that team, and it's just like just murderers over there. Bruce Irvin was even a first-round pick too, and – you have him in there and you know that was michael bennett as well i'm looking at this roster this is some doug baldwin was there early doug baldwin and but bobby wagner was just a baller man and that's how i feel about fred uh, warner and going back to cam it seems like all the plays were were on him right he finished nine of 15 for 98 yards three interceptions got pulled in the second half and then on the flip side, the guy that left the divorce and seems to be with, you know, like you, you leave your wife 20 years and then you're seen with a supermodel. That's what yeah. it seems like with Tom Brady, which, you know, no pun intended. He is dating a supermodel, but now it's like, you look at the weapons that he has. And I know we're, we're both Mike Evans guys, but he's sort of like vanished from this offense, which is crazy because he might be the best player on this offense. Like if you were to do like a pound for pound, just like a tail of the tape on on all the weapons there. But he, he's either catching one-yard touchdowns or he's not really doing much. And like Scotty Miller over 100 yards yesterday. Gronk is – fuck, dude. Is that not the biggest surprise of 2020 from an NFL perspective? Gronk? Gronk just looking like it's 2013 fully healthy again the last two weeks at yeah. least. Yeah, it's especially with such a quick turnaround. I mean, it, he had to shake the rust off, so it does. It makes perfect sense. But it didn't look like that's what we were gonna see in, early in the season. It looked like this guy was probably not even gonna finish out the season. In my opinion, I was like, he looks a hundred years old. But yeah, I didn't. I expected it to be like, you know, he'll be there in a huge moment or something, just because they have the connection. But he's actually playing well, like uh, consistently. Yeah, you're right. We got to remember that this guy was off for a whole year and there was no preseason. So maybe this is his preseason coming back. And, right, you line it up, it's like roughly four or five weeks it took him to really get going. And then week six was the boom against the Packers. And then yesterday doing what he did um, against against the Raiders. So where are you on this divorce, man? Because it seems like now it's it's at least – like the momentum in, in the boxing match between Brady and Belichick is starting to swing in Brady's favor. Like maybe he has more stamina. He hasn't, you know, he took all the bumps and the bruises that he needed to in the beginning, but now he's like, he's bobbing and weaving and he feels just a little bit more competent in the ring. And like the crowd knows that the momentum is changing and now it's Brady's chance to start landing some new shots. And Oh, hold on. A B is coming also, <laughs> which I want you to answer that question and then give me your thoughts on a B. Yeah, I mean, the first one, I think, in general, I'm, they're both great, greatest of all time in their perspective roles. But I, uh, it honestly, to put it simply, like one of these teams I could see winning the Super Bowl and the other one I can't. And I, I think Tom Brady has a legit shot with his new squad. And for as amazing as Belichick is, he just doesn't have the horses. Uh, we, we've been talking about Cam this whole time, but also the best coach of all time known for his defense got dragged yesterday. 
by a, by a quarterback who also didn't even play particularly well. You know, the Jimmy Garoppolo and that, you know, obviously it's a, another Kyle Shanahan doing, but letting up 33 points to that team, it's, that, that doesn't seem, you know, very Belichick-like. Unless it's an elite quarterback, how often does that really happen? So, yeah, I mean, this, the divorce, we'll see how long it lasts. Um, you know, I think it'll be a pendulum year to year, depending on if Tom Brady actually ever gets old or if he just plays till he's 60. I don't know, maybe Bill Belichick will end up retiring before him. Too many spinach shakes and whatnot, but it'll be fun to watch going forward. And then just to your other point, Antonio Brown. Duh. There's no way it works, right? I think, like, if I was a betting man, which maybe I am, thanks to you, bad influence, um, I would You're say... <laughs> You're welcome for adding some spice to your life, baby. Go down with the ship. Oh, lordy. Um, I feel like he's going to have a good game or maybe one or, or, excuse me, two or three or whatever it is, but then there's going to be another issue. It's just like, I don't know how you can, with the evidence we have in front of us, I don't see him being on the team for the full year without causing issues. And Bruce Arians is not going to put up with any sort of nonsense, even if it's not anything as crazy as where, what he did last year when he was with the Steelers. I don't know if you heard, but in the off season, he was asked if they were going to sign him and he was like, no, absolutely not. Like, it's not going to happen. And then similarly, after they did sign him, they're like, if you're a problem, you're gone. Like either produce and keep quiet or, or it's you're out of here. So I think when Antonio Brown, it's going to play, it's going to play out one of two ways. And I, and I hate giving those kind of answers because it seems like you hedge yourself, but think about it. Maybe football being stripped away from him and him actually losing it. And not being in football for a year, maybe that changed him. Like we're going about a a full calendar year and a couple of weeks, maybe a month since he last played, Mm -hmm. right? If you remember when he left Pittsburgh, bro, it's the best receiver in football. When he leaves Pittsburgh, Oakland wanted him. Then... Oakland cuts him, New England scoops him up. And there were a couple of other teams that were in the mix for Antonio Brown. Well, when you go to New England and you're kind of a red flag character issue guy, and it doesn't work in New England, I'm positive from some of the people that I've spoken to on the NFL. It's like, yo, if you can't work out there, you're not going to work out anywhere. So, in regards to is this going to work out in Tampa and him and his character keep him on the team and adding him into the mix and like you look at Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, Gronk, the guys in the backfield, Chris the God, just you're looking at this offense and you're saying, fuck, dude, how do you stop these guys? Like anyone could pop off for 100 yards. There's mismatches all over the field. But it goes back to, I think, what everyone's concern is, is what is this going to play out like? What is this going to be like with him now coming back into this mix? I think it's going to play out one of two ways. It's going to be the same old shit with Antonio Brown, the week where he gets 
two targets and one catch for 20 yards, is he going to snap even though they win, right? Or is he like, yo, you know what, man? This might be my last resort. This might be my, my last opportunity. This guy vouched for me again. Like, he went to the owner and was like, yo, you know, look, I know he's, he, he's doing all this crazy shit and he's tweeting and he's Instagram living in the locker rooms and whatnot. And he's, he's texting people that he's in a, in a lawsuit with. And because, you know, that was his downfall in New England was that 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 woman came out and had those allegations against him. And he like DM'd her or texted her. Like, yo, how can you say some shit like that? You're going to ruin my career. And the Patriot way is like, yo, all the shit that happens outside of Foxborough before you come here, like, that's a you thing. And we'll worry about that later. When you're with the Patriots, that shit don't fly here. So I think Antonio Brown, it might be one of those old cliches of you don't know what you got until you, you lose it kind of thing. You don't know what you have until it's gone. I butchered that one initially, but I bounced back. So <laughs> that's how I think it plays out. It's either the same old Antonio Brown or he got that wake-up call. I'm sure him and Brady had long conversations like, yo, man, look, this might be your last chance, and I'm vouching for you again. Like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Right. I think something I thought when he signed with the Patriots originally still applies in that, you know, when Tom Brady's is vouching for you, that, that says something. And it's even if he doubles down after kind of, you know, screwing it over last time, it says a lot. And I, I didn't really think of the, the break from football because last time with the Steelers, it was, you know, you're right. It's crazy to think, man, time moves. It's a son of a bitch. But over a year since he's last t- taken a snap in the NFL, maybe that is a wake-up call for him. And if he can just like, you know, if he can quit with the craziness, I could see him fitting into the offense perfectly. Just give him Scotty Miller snaps. And if he's even a fraction of the best receiver in the league that he was not too long ago, that's just going to be absurd. <laughs> it's, it's really crazy to think about for a team that I already thought was a contender without him. And then on the flip side, the nice thing is they didn't really pay him what they gave him a loaf of bread so you know i don't think he screws much up if even if he goes wild again just you boot him and you move on and roll with what you got so i think it's a win-win for the for the buccaneers or at least like a win break even but yeah we'll see i will say you know scotty miller leads them in in yards this year yeah and you know he's third on the he's tied for third on the team with Gronk and catches, um, 365 yards, two touchdowns. Yesterday he had that blow up game of over 100 yards. I think Scotty Miller has earned himself a role on this offense. Also, we got to remember one thing, Taryn. He's a white guy in the slot, yeah. but he loves him. <laughs> yeah. So, but I feel you. I feel you. You just add him. Yeah, imagine a four wide receiver set: Evans, Godwin, Scotty Miller. And Antonio Brown, it's like, fuck, what do you do? What do you double cover? What do you do? You roll safeties over the top? Like, what the mm-hmm. fuck do you do? And then, oh, yeah, I can even put like, you can even get crazy and put him like in the backfield, like Pittsburgh used to do sometimes. They used to put like Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown in the backfield. And then, like, you have Gronk out there and four wide receivers. Like, there's a lot of craziness that you could do here and get creative. And look, 
Bruce Arians is a guy who's a wizard. He's a quarterback whisperer. He's a guy who his offenses have always been more than capable. So I'm fascinated to see what happens here. But I'm going to side with, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. When, when you realize that you're unwanted and no one wants you anymore the way they once did, it's, it's a wake-up call, bro. It's a wake-up call. So that's, that's where I'm siding with that one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And one last thing I want to mention, too, is that I hope, like, I, I, you know, a lot of people, maybe, you know, he's not a good person. There's a lot of bad allegations and stuff. And, you know, whether all that's true or not, like, I, I hope he turns it around. Just from, like, a human perspective, like, it, he had to be going through something either as, a, like, what caused his little outbursts or as a result of his outbursts, you know, the, the mental toll that all of this, like, the last year and a half of his life has taken is probably – pretty tough so i mean i hope he turns it around just for for his own sake all right let's take a break real quick to just uh do an ad read and then uh promote a couple of cool things going on so bet online helping pay the bills football is back in full swing you might not be able to be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of the great sign up bonuses. All one word is the promo code when you go to bet online. The promo code is blue wire. All one word, betonline.ag. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Okay, some housekeeping notes. Patreon is doing a really, really cool new wrinkle. They have added a thing called annual membership. For those of you that want to save some money on Patreon, if you go to the Patreon today and subscribe for the annual membership, you essentially get two months free off your subscription if you do the annual membership plan. So if you are in the $1 tier for $10, you can get everything that you get in the $1 tier for the whole year. This is going to be going on until December 1st. So you have the rest of October and then all of November. If you're in the $10 tier and you get access to the Discord, people's podcast questions, which I got to do one with you, by the way. I keep forgetting it. i um, just been so busy with the studio and shit. Um, $5, you get into the Discord. We just added Cleveland God into the Discord, and that kid is out of control. I love every moment of it. We talk fantasy and shit. And, you know, yo, Taryn, there was a kid, bro. Um, who listens to the Twitch streams, he was winning the Millie on DraftKings until like 5.30 yesterday, bro. My Lord. That is Do you insane. know how crazy that would have been for the brand? <laughs> First of all, we would have been able to get him on the show like today. Yeah. Like he would have been on the show today, right? Like easily. Number two. Oh my God. If you're listening, what kind of gifts would I have gotten? A nice little, like, minimum, like, a nice, like, five Benjamins, yo. Come on, dude. If I won a million and someone helped me, I would definitely bless it. What the fuck? But, of course, ended up not happening. But it was cool, bro. He sent the screenshot. So the Discord is popping. We get your questions. 
a new segment is being debuted next week. This is my last week not being in the studio. I've actually started the moving process for the studio. So this time next week, it's going to be a different setup with Taryn when he's calling in. It's going to look way more popping. Starting next week, next week, I believe, is the 500th episode of Veterans Minimum. I'm going to have a very special guest. You know the vibes. I'll leave it at that so you know who that guest is going to be. And there's going to be, like, a Patreon exclusive stuff. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to definitely – it's going to be 100% worth your contributions to the show. So up until December 1st, you get two months free if you do the annual membership. If you subscribe today, that is patreon.com slash veterans minimum that's also helping pay for the studio and some of the equipment i'm telling you terry you're gonna want to like take the next flight out to new york to be in studio i'm you know it's it's crazy i'm hyped man i'm hyped to see it yeah i'm i'm you know if you you hear that knocking underneath the table that's my boner <laughs> right now being super aroused so how's that how's that for a visual patreon.com Slash veterans minimum. Good. You didn't answer that question. So I, I appreciate that one. Okay. Let's get back to the show. So this happened. <laughs> this happened a little bit ago. This didn't happen on Sunday, but what went through your mind with the Daniel Jones run on Thursday night? <laughs> Similar to, you know, the Falcons are going to Falcon. It was the most <laughs> Giants or Daniel Jones thing ever. It sucks, man, because it was super impressive. The run was super impressive, and the kid has got wheels, but nobody cares because he looked like a moron and just got sniped. Like he was running through downtown and Warzone. It was ridiculous, bro. Oh my gosh. He he looked he looked like me when I'm crossing those little like <laughs> those like like the Dips, damn thing? The dams. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like crossing and I'm wide out in the open. I just get fucking pew and I just collapse. Like, yo, I don't know. You're like, yo, Nick, where'd you get hit from? I'm like, yo, I don't know. You're like, yeah, you're fucking worthless. You don't know shit. But dude, oh man, that was, yo, I'm watching that and I put up a video on my Instagram. I'm trying to like make fun of him and speak and I can't speak, bro. Like I can't speak at all. I'm like, yeah, look, 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 look at this legend career. I wanted to say like career defining moment, like ruin. And I just say career and I start laughing. <laughs> I go to call him Stumbling Steve as he's like, oh yeah, look at Stumbling Steve moving out of the bar. And I can't, I can't even put sentences together. And I'm just laughing hysterical. Yo, when I tell you, I was laughing for so long, bro. No exaggeration. Like a half hour later, crying in te like tears, bro. Tears <laughs> coming down my face. And then initially I didn't realize that he's legit stumbling for 20 legit yards, a legitimate 20 yards. He's just stumbling. Uh, it made matters. It could have been worse if the Giants didn't score on that drive, but mm -hmm. they ended up scoring the touchdown anyway. But man, oh man, what a what a moment for Sir Daniel Jones the first. God, 0.5 miles per hour slower than Tyree Kill until the until the DK Metcalf run yesterday for fastest run by a player this season. And it like it sucks extra because he fell be because he wanted it so bad. Like he was asking his legs to do way more than they were capable of, even though he was already moving really fast. Like he wanted nothing more in that moment than to reach the end zone. And 
oh man, it was painful and hilarious all at the same time. It was funny. Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes tweeted out. He's like, man, I've never ran that much or some shit like that. Like, yo, I, I probably would have fell too. Like, think about it, dude. If unless you're Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, um, Russ to an extent, like, how often are you running for a fifty-yard stretch at top speed? Like those oh, guys, yeah. I, I'm sure probably practice that. Like, speed is a big part of their game. Mm-hmm. But someone like Daniel Jones, it's like a couple of RPOs and then, you know, for 20, 30 yards. And that's about it. So that was too funny. Uh, I mentioned the guy in passing over there, and that was Kyler Murray. Taryn, opening thoughts on this, this game in particular, Sunday Night Football, another barn burner. Would you be upset if the NFL, right after we record, goes, letter to all fans, we have decided to flex all Seattle Seahawks games <laughs> into Sunday night football, regardless of opponent. Even if there's a Giants on the schedule, even if there's a, a, a Cowboys on the schedule, like we're putting them in prime time. Are you, are you disappointed? Are you upset? I don't know how you can be at this point. All their games are extremely compelling, just one after another with no break. It, I certainly won't be mad. It's wild every single Sunday night football game that they play is ridiculous. It's out of control. Comes down to the wire. Just think about it this year. They played the Patriots down to the one-yard line. Cam Newton gets stuffed. They play Minnesota where they got to come back at the end. And then they play last night where it goes into overtime. I was really fascinated by that game because both of us were very bullish on the Cardinals coming into the year. Um, now they're at five and two. They're a game back of Seattle in the division. Seattle, their last 27 games, Taryn, you want to talk about record in one score games. I love to talk about record in one score games. What Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are doing is really ridiculous. And in their last 27 games, 22 of them have been decided by one score. Do you know what their record is? What you would assume their record is? Oh, some absurdly positive. I guess got to be really good in those games. They're 17 and five in one score yeah. games. Guys, it's, it's never been duplicated. Like this does not happen. This is in the early stages, Taryn of sports betting and, and professional betters. One thing they would really hone in on two things. They would really hone in on. Sorry, three things that would really hone in on. Things are starting to come back right now is injury luck. How lucky were you the year before where you didn't lose anybody? San Francisco last year. What was their biggest loss on their team? Can't think of one that was that like significant and impactful, right? Two, two years ago, they lost Jimmy G. But so injury luck was number one. Number two, turnover differential. If you went plus 33 in turnovers one year, you ain't going plus 33 the year after. You're just not. It's just not the history of the league. That's just not it. And then number three, it's record in one-score games. We were talking, we opened up the show with the Lions and the Falcons, like how different their season would have been if the ball bounces in their direction. What the Seattle Seahawks are doing with Russell Wilson is astonishing. It's probably never going to be duplicated, and we should enjoy it while it lasts 
with all that being said, I'm not going to go ahead and say it was a passing of the torch game, but it was nice to see that Russell Wilson walked so Kyler Murray could run. I don't think Kyler Murray is in the NFL if it's not for Russell Wilson. I don't think he's a number one pick, I should say, if it's not for Russell Wilson. Dude, they showed a visual of the camera was from, like, the defensive perspective looking in at Kyler Murray, and you just see behemoths in front of him. And, like, the guys are crossing – like, even Larry Fitzgerald are crossing the camera, bro, and he disappears. Yeah. He is tiny. He's so small. He's so small, yet – he throws a beautiful like ball, dude. Like it's mm-hmm. the spin on it, the like tight spiral, just fire. The visual of him smiling when he sees D Hop in one on one coverage. Yeah, that is hopping. that is a great like little clip. That is so fucking cool. I love it. Like yo, I I do that when I play rec league on Sunday when like my best receiver is one on one. I'm like, Oh my God, this is great. It's like to see that being done on the real big stage is like, yeah, that's so fucking cool. Yeah. What'd you think of that game yesterday, man? Cause that was, that was easily the game of the entire weekend. Um, maybe Tennessee Pittsburgh, but like that was a game that was sort of decided early on. And then Tennessee came back roaring at the end, but this one was back and forth the whole time. Yeah, it, it was great. And it was like, they're so they're similar in so many ways you know it's just like this it was Russell Wilson threw the ball 50 times and I think Kyler Murray threw 48 times they're just letting that thing fly and super similar quarterbacks too it was it was really really cool to see um and you know the Cardinals they're they're for real I they're me and you have been talking about that and singing their praises a little bit, but it looked really good in the beginning of the season, and then there was a little bit of a lull. But I mean, beating the Seahawks, even if it's in overtime by a field goal kick, is is nothing to scoff at. Yeah, we were we were very high on the Cardinals coming in. Um, that division is crazy. No one is yes. below five hundred. Four and three for the Niners. They're in last place. Rams four and two. They got the Monday night football game later tonight. Seahawks five and one. Cardinals five and two. Yeah, man. The the coolest thing is that, you know, the the Cardinals have the highest plus differential, point differential in that division. Um, they have the second highest in the NFC only behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, even even the Packers are, are lower than them. But you're right. This was – when you could beat a team that's been the premier team in your division all along, that's why I really, I really respected them beating the Niners in San Francisco week one. I thought that was a very telling game. I thought yesterday was very telling. But it seemed like Arizona was doing everything in their power to just give that up or to just throw in the towel. I don't understand why you kick a field goal on second down after you iced your kicker. Um, yeah. Just weird, right? Like the play clock was going down, and I was just saying to themselves, I'm like, oh, my God, don't take a penalty here. And then they call a timeout. It took them 
they it seemed like they thought they had three and a half minutes to kick that last field goal attempt. Like Zing Gonzalez is taking his steps, does his cross three times, and he's over there and he's lining it up and shit. It's like, yo, dickhead, there's seven seconds on the play clock when you can snap it. And then they ice their own kicker. He hits the field goal, the first one, the practice kick, and then he misses the second one. And then they so like, why do you kick there on second down, bro? Do you, do you is there an explanation? Is is there like a PFF analytics thing? Like, what's the reason? I understand if you kick on third down. Like, there are some teams, and I've seen it happen way back in the day. I forgot what team it was, but the rationale be- between kicking on third down is like, all right, let's kick on third down because if there's a bad snap, if there's like you know, um, uh, something, something goes wrong. Like it's a low snap, bad snap. The, the, the returner, the, the holder could just like take a sack and it becomes five yards. It's basically just a false start penalty, right? Or you pick it up. If you have the wherewithal and just throw it out of bounds and it's an incomplete pass and you kick it on fourth down. So I get that. But like second down, I'm like, what's the reasoning behind that? I, I mean, the numbers probably would say just because of, the game situation that it's a plus play just because it's like it's similar to why usually like analytics folks are very pro two-point conversion go for it on fourth down because if you can make a play and win the game it's it's gonna be good but I even I like second down is a little bit much the only thing I could think of is like you're mitigating some risk you know but like at the very worst, just get a little bit closer and don't fumble the ball. Like you, you never want to fumble the ball, obviously, but at certain points of the game, I feel like you should be, you should have it in the front of your mind more than like, instead of scoring a touchdown on this play, you should be like, I'm just, I can't lose the ball on this play. So I thought it was a little bit goofy, but that's just me. Yeah, I can't seem to to understand that one. It didn't it didn't make any sense to me. Um, but again, like it's just, man, teams overthink it really sometimes. Like it just doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's super just young coach, big game, and a big moment. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a good defense right. I, I think that's the right one also. Um. I, I did feel just looking at that game, that was the kind of game that they missed Chandler Jones in. Premier pass rusher, probably a top three pass rusher in the NFL. I know some people feel like he's always had these high sack totals because there were empty totals. Like, you know, he was doing it on a Cardinals team, but this year the Cardinals are a lot better than people expected. And it just seemed like this was a game where they, they could have used him and they missed him. Um, shout out to Isaiah Simmons, who for a second when he makes that interception in overtime i'm like who the fuck is simmons bro like where'd he come from and then i'm like oh shit that's isaiah simmons the guy that i was salivating at the giants taking this entire offseason but it was nice to see him make a big play there uh tyler lockett what was that 200 yards 15 catches three touchdowns like oftentimes it's funny because my friends and i will text in our fantasy chat and we'll like hype our team up. And yesterday I was like, yo, Devontae's going for 12, 170, and two. I think he got like 13, 196, and one or two. He had two, two. touchdowns. Yeah. It's like sometimes we'll just fuck around and throw these like crazy ass, ridiculous, absurd stat lines. And yesterday, two different guys, those came into fruition. 
Yeah. Uh, so it, like he popped off. There's really no other way to say it. And it's helps when you have Russell Wilson, but he was making plays, great catches, getting open. And ever since, like whether it's on Twitter or whatever, you're the first person slash we are the first people I've heard say anything about it because DK Metcalf ran fast. <laughs> like the only thing I've seen with that, I mean, it probably doesn't help that they lost, but it's any, like the, the only highlight play really from them that I've seen is a Russell Wilson interception, and DK Metcalf turning into the Terminator and chasing down Buda Baker. But yeah, it was, it was wild. That was, he just, he doesn't get talked about enough. I mean, he's really talented and just has that connection with Russell Wilson where they just blend together so well. And it's, it results in this kind of game. Yeah. He doesn't get talked enough. I think it's because he's a primary slot receiver. That's where he's best utilized. And there's still that stigma about wide receivers. And I feel this way too. Don't get me wrong. I feel like I would always take the guy that lines up on the outside or the guy that lines up on the inside. And oftentimes you do move your outside guys into the inside. I get that. But when you're primarily, primarily a slot receiver, I can see why there's a little bit of a like an asterisk slash you're not going to get as much credit as the other guy. And also like think of, think of body language, body stature, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf walk into a bar. Who are you immediately more intimidated by? Oh yeah. Right. Like you look at this offense and you're, you're, you're a safety and you're looking like, yo, fuck that guy's huge. All right. This guy's probably just mad quick and underneath and, I mean, from the first play, he t- they, they throw that bomb over Patrick Peterson, who I felt bad for Patrick Peterson watching that. I was like, yo, he's in mad good coverage. Russ is just throwing these moon balls, which Collinsworth just constantly just moon ball, moon, moon ball. ball. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Moon ball. Jesus, I was about to go mute it. I love Chris Like, I get it. It's a beautiful ball. I get it. But uh, if that's going to be – that's like – is that going to be the new RPO? <laughs> Moonball, moonball. Oh, that's great. That was that was good. But yeah, look, that's a I like the nickname of it. Like when I first heard it, I was like, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty cool. But then after hearing it the first the next <laughs> 18 times, I'm like, all right, man, I get it, I get it. But yeah, yeah dude, lock it. I mean, it's just credit to Russell Wilson, too. This guy was a bona fide punt returner, kick returner coming out of Kansas State. He won me some money in college. I remember I, they were like a 28 point dog and they won like outright because he had like a monster game so he'll always have a special place in my heart in college i like guy you said in college that happened yeah of course you were betting on a kansas state game i mean dude <laughs> like guy. full it's very on brand that was like my like peak of d jenning like 2013 2014 where it was it was rough man the boy has some stories the boy has some stories <laughs> But, uh, oh, Odell Beckham Jr. out for the season with a torn ACL. Oh. Damn. Man. (sighs) That sucks. I know he wasn't really Odell. He hasn't been Odell since he left the Giants and Eli Manning. And, fuck, I don't want to pile on while he's down, but this is – Yet another guy you can add to the list, Heron, of 
when you want to leave a situation you're in, when you want to go test free agency, you saw with Greg Jennings firsthand. Mm-hmm. You don't want to play with Rogers. Cool. You want to go test free agency because you want to get paid. Cool. By all means, you know, what's not coming with you in free agency, the quarterback. And I think Odell, Mike Wallace, Greg Jennings, um, Vincent Jackson, when he first left the Chargers, how about that for a throwback, huh? When wow. he left, yeah. when he left the Chargers and he went to Tampa Bay, it's like, yeah, like you're not going to be a fifteen, sixteen hundred yard receiver anymore. You're going to be a basically a thousand yard receiver. And if you really think about it, dude, I always felt like, oh, he's a thousand yard receiver. Congrats. Mm-hmm. It's 64 yards a game, 65 yards a game for you to be a 1,000-yard receiver. Like, yo, you need to be a 1,300-yard wide receiver. You need to be a 1,400-yard wide receiver for you to be considered like an upper echelon wide receiver, in my opinion. So when you leave free agency and you leave a team, it's not always sunshine and rainbows because you don't get the infrastructure that you had there. You don't get the team that knows you the best because they drafted you. You don't get the quarterback that got you paid. I'll always defend the wide receiver when they act like a diva, when they act like it's about me. I'll always defend them, bro, because when you start to understand that they're the most unique position, I think, Taryn, in all of professional sports, they're the one position in all of professional sports where their success is solely dependent on someone else being successful. Mm-hmm. So the wide receiver from the high school level to the NFL level, level, they're the first ones to leave the huddle. So immediately they are isolated from the rest of their team. They're the furthest ones away from the ball. They need the quarterback to get them the football for them to be productive for the school and the scout to see them so they can get a scholarship for them to get invites to the combine and get and get drafted. So I'll always side with the wide receiver for that. But the big criticism, and you see it happen a lot, it's like, yo, remember Deion Branch on the Patriots? Mm-hmm. Dude was Super Bowl MVP, leaves Seattle, gets completely forgotten about. I'm going back like 15 years, completely yeah. forgotten about, then comes back to New England, number one wide receiver again. Why is that? Oh, yeah, Brady. You know who wasn't on Seattle? Brady. So when you see those wide receivers leave their teams, man, Eli Manning, like the big criticism of Eli Manning the last couple of years was he was only productive when he was throwing to Odell. But now you look at it and it's like, well, Odell's only been productive with Eli. Yeah. So torn ACL for Odell. And I hate that I'm having this conversation right now, but it just flowed because he's a guy that fits that mold. Right. Yeah. And I don't disagree. Um, and he's been one of my favorite players in the league for a long time. So it sucks. I was really excited about him going to the Browns, but when you really like step back and, and look at all of it, you're, you're not wrong. That's the grass is always greener or at least it looks that way. Uh, but sometimes it's just not. Yeah. If you guys hear my dogs upstairs acting a fool, I think my house is getting robbed or uh, someone came home and by the looks of the time of the day, probably getting robbed. So I'll go check that, check that in a little bit. 
Um, Taryn, as we sign off, I know we had another two talking points, but I feel like one of them can be saved for the next episode. Um, let's wrap it up with the Steelers, lone undefeated team in the NFL. Yeah. We mentioned the schedule coming up. They got Baltimore this week. Baltimore coming off a bye. A really well-prepared team coming off a bye historically under Harbaugh. What is the... uh, What do you think is the ceiling for this Steeler team? Can you see them winning a Super Bowl? Yeah. I can see them winning a Super Bowl. I wouldn't put them as like a Super Bowl frontrunner yet. But... I mean, they've shown enough to me through, you know, damn, dude, we're already about to be in week eight. Football season goes way too fast. I was just thinking about that. I was like, through how many weeks now? That's crazy. But, yeah, I I don't think that's out of the question at all. I, they're your Steelers. What do, you, what do you think? Yeah. I think they are a um, legitimate Super Bowl contender. I remember in the preview show I was saying how I believe they're – a, they're the third team to beat in the AFC. Mind you, this is around like Labor Day weekend with the preview show how I actually picked them to win the division. They were one of my favorite long shot underdog picks to win the division. They were like plus 350 to win the division. I think that their defense is so talented and if this dude... uh. Spillane, who fucking leveled Derrick Henry on that one play, yeah. like absolutely just smash, just bang, hit him in the hole inside the goal line. I think their defense is so good that it could sort of cover up for Devin Bush. Mm-hmm. Still going to be a big loss. I get it, and I'm not knocking Devin Bush, but I really like this Pittsburgh team, man. There was a, there was a, the, one of the touchdowns that DeAndre Johnson scored, it was like a, it was like a slant drag, and then he cut it back outside. He reminded me of Antonio Brown, the way he moved. Just like his fluidity in and out of the route was crazy. A lot of weapons. Connor, I think, is just going to get himself 1,400 yards, and no one's going to put him in like their top 10 running back list. He's just yeah. like one of those guys. Reminds me of like Frank Gore in like 2011, 2012. It's like, Yo, you know who just had 1,200 yards again? Frank Gore. Like, what? <laughs> Where the, where the fuck did that happen? That's why I think of, like, James Conner. Obviously, a better skill set than, than Frank Gore. But, man, I like Pittsburgh a lot, dude. I like Pittsburgh a lot. I took Pittsburgh in that little draft pool pick that we did mm-hmm. and um, sort of surprised a couple teams, uh, surprised a couple people talking to them in uh, Discord and whatnot about how I took them over, like, Seattle and whatnot. So... <clears throat> I, uh, I, I think Pittsburgh, for as long as Big Ben is healthy, the offensive line is good, weapons are good. The, they don't really have a flaw, I don't think. Yeah. Um, the defense, especially like the, the line being as good as it is, really covers up for the Devin Bush injury. It, like they played extremely well yesterday, um, despite his not being there. So that is really helpful. Um, the cornerback group is like, eh. But when you have a front as good as theirs, same thing, you know, makes up for a lot of that. And then as long as the offense is cooking, they're going to be just fine. Do you, if you had to say like right now, are they who you would pick to come out of the AFC? 
or are you not quite there yet? Wow, that's a hell of a question. The cute answer would be yes, right? To say that because they're undefeated. They're first place in the AFC. Remember, only one team has a bye this year. Their point differential is plus 65, tied with Baltimore and Kansas City. Um, I'm going to still go with Kansas City, bro. I just think it's not even a, well, until they're dethroned. It's like, no, I just think that they're a team that is, I think, 18-1 and one in their last 19 games. Yeah. And uh, they still got Pat Mahomes. I just think that they, they flip a switch whenever they want to. Right. And I mean, they proved that in the playoffs, obviously, and they proved that in that Monday night football game with Baltimore. Now, it might turn out, Taryn, that Baltimore is not as good as we thought. Their defense is, is still playing at a really high level, but their offense is not as good as, as it was last year. But I think I just trust Andy Reid and Mahomes so much that they could be like, yo, you know what? This week, man, we got Pittsburgh. Let's, let's show up. Let's let's pretend this is a divisional playoff game and let's let's just remind some folks or like when the chatter starts to get ignored and and, and gets gets like too high, I should say. It's like, yo, let's show people who who daddy is <laughs> and just like beat the piss out of people. That's how I feel about Kansas City. So I'm gonna still go with Kansas City. And then I'll say I'll say it's it's a tie between Pittsburgh, Tampa, and Green Bay. I'm still not gonna like, yo, that was just a that was just a bad spot, bad matchup for the Packers in Tampa Bay. And I love, I love, we didn't get to talk a lot about the Packers because I feel like it's been a Packer boner fest the last like yeah. two weeks. But I love that the Packers came back and just beat the shit out of Houston. Yeah. Like to me, to me, that's I love nothing more. And it was one of my picks on the Patreon betting pod. I believe it was my favorite play of the week. I think we're like eight and two now on favorite plays of the week. But when a, when a good team gets embarrassed the week before, take them the next week. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened with, with, with the Packers. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Who, who would you say is your, your, your pick? Out of the, oh yeah, it's, it's still the Chiefs to come out of the AFC. And then I'm trying to wait. You said, you said Chiefs, Steelers, Packers, Bucks. Yeah. I have the same – I would say that's my exact same top four, actually. Um, I'm not really sure on the order, but, yeah, I, I don't want to turn, turn it back to Packer Bonerfest, but I don't want to see the Buccaneers in the playoffs. Like, from a fan perspective, not only do I think the team's really good, but the matchup is, is bad. I think it would be another ass-beating. It would remind me of last year when we saw the Niners in the regular season and they kicked the shit out of us, and then we saw them in the playoffs and they kicked the shit out of us again. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think I have the same four teams. Wow. Could you imagine that we would be talking about that and we don't even mention the Ravens? Like like eight weeks ago, right before the season starting, if you were to say that, you know, halfway through the season, you're going to mention your top four, like, contenders and the Ravens aren't going to be it. A lot of people would fair, call us wild. Yeah, t- to be fair, um, 
just just to defend my point a little bit, I, I was kind of hesitant and I saw some regression with Baltimore coming into the year. And also, I just feel like uh, as he does a fist bump. <laughs> and I think their offense isn't like what it was last year. Um, and look, it's not like we're saying Baltimore is Dallas. Like they're probably in that next three tier of teams that we would put, right? Like I, I still think it's Kansas City. And then like a slight tier below is Tampa Bay, the Packers, and Pittsburgh. And then the tier below that is probably where you find the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Yep. I look at them the same way. I would um, even put Seattle in that tier with Baltimore yep. because I think the Seahawks defense Seattle, is so bad. Tennessee, maybe. I put in that same level. Yeah, I agree. Um, they just they they have a flaw on on offense that it's it feels so dirty. Like rooting for I don't necessarily root for teams. Well, I root for teams to be bad, but not I don't really root for people to be bad. But I mean, this is my craziest thing probably that I've ever said that I've gotten flack for is last year I tweeted rest of career Kyler Murray greater than sign Lamar Jackson. So I'm just I'm just saying. It's looking all right right now. Um, not getting too crazy. I mean, they're, they're still really good, but it's just yeah, – Listen, like, I'm not the biggest with, Lamar Jackson fan, but he did yeah. win MVP, bro. So, it's – Yeah. It, it is kind of a uh, – I see what you're saying, but it's – You know, I, I tweeted out yesterday. I was replying to my buddy, Steph, who, who said, when it's all said and done – Russell Wilson is going to be a top five quarterback in NFL history. And I was saying how, or it might've been top. I think it was top 10. I think it was top 10. And I said, we did a series on VM back in like March, April, top QBs of the 20th of the two thousands. And I put them third. And a lot of people were like, yo, where's breeze? Where's what more were like, yo, where's Rogers? What the fuck? You're crazy. It's like the dude's never been below 500. He played in arguably the best division in football since he entered the league. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been to another constant, just like divisional round of the playoffs. Never really had weapons. Like he never really had weapons until like these last two years, they put some weapons around him. Yeah. And I feel like Russell Wilson is that kind of guy. And I think Russ needs an MVP to really put him, put that stamp on it. Is you he know? still your clear front runner this year? Clear? I'd still say him. But he's not as invincible as he was prior to yesterday. Right. He didn't play bad. I thought he played great. But I think it was like, yo, look, you could be, you could be had. And if you're, he's going to put up big numbers because that defense is so bad. So he's going to have to be cooking. He's going to have to be. I think another reason why they changed their philosophy, Taryn, and this whole let Russ cook is because they don't want to fall behind. And then maybe yeah. it's too late for him to cook. Right. So it's like, yo, just start cooking from the beginning. But yeah. you take a look at some of the weapons that he's had in his career. It's, his best weapon was Duck Baldwin. That dude was undrafted. Tyler Lockett, third-round pick. Mm -hmm. DK Metcalf fell in the draft, but a lot of people – he was a very polarizing figure. Like, oh, I remember. 
Yeah. Some thought top 15, some were like, yo, fourth round pick. Instagram model. He's an Instagram model playing wide receiver. How about this for a question? Who would you prefer, A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf? Both of them went to Ole Miss. I made the terrible mistake of tweeting that question out during Sunday Night Football, <laughs> and it was like the first, hundred, the first hundred votes were like 81% D.K. Metcalf. I was like, well, this isn't fair. This is like recency bias to the <laughs> yeah. fullest. But, yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, it's really cool, obviously, them being friends and going to the same school, same draft class. It's close, but I'm, I'm still taking DK Metcalf. He's just a, a, a specimen. Like, it's nothing that hasn't been said before. I'm not, you know, breaking new ground here. But I, and I just – I don't buy into the whole never have uh, – three cone, all that. He only has a small route tree. Just in his time in the league, his route tree has been expanding. And it's – there are things that you can teach and there are things that you can't. And one of the things you can't teach are being that big and being able to run 22 miles an hour. So, to me, it's, it's, it's pretty – it breaks down to about as simple as that. But it is close. Not to take anything away from AJ Brown, I think he's great as well. I'm reading up on this uh, Odell Beckham news again, but uh, real quick, since you're thinking about injuries, I didn't hear anything after. What of what of Andy Dalton? Do we know anything? How's he doing? I didn't hear anything after that. That was a scary hit. Yeah. Um, we just had a Sunday night football classic and the next week Sunday night football game is Cowboys Eagles. <laughs> I say that we division, start flexing games now. I can't no. believe there's going to be a playoff team in that division, dude. What Come about, on. what about the Raiders COVID situation having the game moved to earlier? And then we get that Sunday night football classic yesterday. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because originally it was Raiders-Bucks, and I think we made a joke. We made a joke last week how it should have been Titans-Steelers on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. And then yeah. they, they, said, they said Seahawks and Cardinals. But, man, I think, I think there's some – I don't know if the Steelers are playing on Monday Night Football this week, but, you know, Steelers-Ravens, that game should be a primetime game. They're playing mm-hmm. at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Like, come on, bro. Put that shit on primetime. Yeah. 5-1 and one versus 6-0, and oh, division rivalry. Like, what's better than that? Yeah. So, all right, man. This was fun. I enjoyed it. We do have a, uh, a big talking point. I think we'll, we'll save it for the next one. Um. Yeah, we'll save it for the next one. But Taryn, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, thanks, man. It was fun. It was a good one. I'm excited for Monday Night Football tonight. Um, are you? And, yeah. Actually, are you, are you? I'm going out with my friends. It's the first time we've all gathered together since our fantasy league. We're going out to this bar that we always go to, and uh, I think this bar just opened up like two weeks ago so we're like yo it's the hometown bar let's all go grab a couple beers 
and watch the game. I was like, man, I wish it was a better game. And like two of my friends were like, yo, this is going to be a good game. And I was like, I don't know, maybe like Rams, Bears, especially off the primetime game yesterday. But if you say so, I'll. Uh, yeah, I get it. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not anything crazy. Um, but I think they're, they're two interesting teams. Uh, they're both like a little bit overrated to me. The Bears aren't, shouldn't be five and one. The Rams have only beaten teams in the NFC East. So it's like we can glean some things. And then I have a vested interest because the Bears are a division rival that are currently five and one. But I think it'll be, it'll, it'll be a good football game, you know. At least it's not Jets and somebody else. But, um, what we, oh, yeah. You can find me on social media. It's at Taryn Caravella, T A R E N C A R A V E L L A. At the Lamb Show is where you can find me. At Veterans Minimum is where you can find everything for the show. Big ups to the main members of the Patreon, Christopher Velasquez, Corey Johnson Hoops, Ryan Pisner, Nick Chavez, Derek Pleiates, and Orvica. Thank you all for listening. You think you got it, I got it for real. You think you got it, I got it for real. This one for those they forget in my city. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. Homie, go finish your meal. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nikki too ill. Can't let it drop and me spill. Clogging the lane. I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Got it. Got it.